Okay, Google, play the Sideline Hustle podcast. Sure, the Sideline Hustle football podcast. Here's where you left off. What's going on, everybody? This is your host, Drew Lieberman. I'm slow packing. <laughs> Our days here are numbered. Even the way we've come up in the world. Think about it. Yeah. We've created the website ourselves. We've made this podcast ourselves. Like everything's been done just by us hustling. And you are now listening to the Sideline Hustle Podcast. We talk about doing the show. Yeah, yeah we, we laugh and we joke and we complain about how hard we work. But if we didn't love to coach, we wouldn't be doing it. I want the good guys in. Get them out of there. I want the good guys in. To me, I think we're broadcasting the day-to-day life of what college football is. From the sidelines, we gotta hustle cause we gotta eat. From the sidelines, we got some goals that we still gotta reach. What up, what up? This is Coach Leaves and welcome to episode 49 of Coach Talk. Uh, Unfortunately, not the happiest of episodes. Our season was ended this weekend. We lost to Bergen Catholic 35 to 17. Uh, at their place, um, the game was was much closer than the final score indicates. For for most of the game, I, I think we played pretty well. Uh, we just didn't finish. You know, we ended up losing, like I said, 35-17. But we we were up 17 to 14 going into the fourth quarter. Um, a couple really key mistakes by us kind of got us in a situation where it was such a close game. We we could have been up by more um, and given us a chance to close the game out. And, and then they Bergen Catholic just made some great plays in the second half, and and we couldn't finish drives on offense. Uh, but we were up 10 nothing with about four minutes left in the first half. Um, and in hindsight, probably should have been a little bit more conservative, continued to establish a run game. We were running the ball pretty well at that point. Uh, but we, we kind of got into two-minute mode uh, trying to push the ball down the field and, and, and score and make sure we had enough time. Uh, we ended up throwing an interception across the middle of the field with about a minute and a half left, and Bergen scores uh, to end the half. Um, so, so we end up going into, the, into halftime up 10-7 instead of up 10 nothing, and it's a completely different game, you know, on both sides of the ball for us. If we're up two possessions going into the half, for, you know, t- 10 nothing lead, you really feel good about. I remember go- going into the locker room, it felt like we almost lost the game. Like everyone was just so down that we couldn't close out the half uh, that way and go in with a more comfortable lead. Um, so that was definitely a huge momentum swing for them. The fact that they scored right before the half, um, and then our defense played lights out the entire game. I thought they played really, really well. Uh, especially the first three quarters. Um, and they forced a three and out sometime in the second half, sometime in the third quarter. Burton Catholic faked a punt on fourth and seven, which is a really ballsy call by them. I give them credit. Uh, they faked a punt and ended up scoring like a 75-yard touchdown. And that's what gave them, I think that's what gave them the lead. It was, four, it was 14-10 at that point. That was the first lead of the game for them. Uh, was on that fake punt. And that that was devastating. That that took the that was a huge momentum swing. Took a lot of wind out of our set out of our sails. The sideline felt a little different. Uh, then probably two drives later, you know, defense played well. Two or three drives later, we ran a reverse uh, to to one of our running backs. He went like 75 yards for a score uh, play where where one of our receivers did did an unbelievable job blocking downfield to kind of spring that. Uh, so that was a really that was a great play. That got us back on top 17-14 late in the third quarter. Um, and at that point, now you know the momentum's back on our side. Everyone's feeling good. Um, we knew we needed to score at least one time to win the game. We knew we were gonna have to come up with some some big time stops on defense. Uh, but they have a running back. They they have this this running back who's going to Nebraska. He ripped off a big run, um, and then I think we were down 24-17, uh, something like that, or, or maybe maybe 23-17, whatever it was. And uh, 
and we just we we couldn't we couldn't finish drives like I said. And they, they continued to score, they continued to run the ball and kind of control the clock, and then they went for it again on fourth on uh, they faked a punt again when they were up two scores, uh, and, and that was really the one that that sealed the game and, and and kind of put the put the nail in the coffin for us. But you know, a game where I thought we played really hard, I, I was I was you know the Bergen Catholic game. Whenever it's Bosco Bergen, it's just a different animal. Like these kids, I, I think that Bergen's probably a little more talented than us. But we really rise to the occasion. The competitiveness is just through the roof. Our level of focus is through the roof, and, I, and I'm proud of the way the kids responded. We just we couldn't do enough as coaches, uh, you know, to put them in, in good enough situations to win. Unfortunately, we didn't make quite enough plays, uh, you know, in the end. Like in the first quarter, our senior leader, our senior captain, receiver dropped a touchdown on on a wide open play that we drew up, you know, specifically to beat Bergen. It was a new shot play that we practiced all week. Must have run it 50 times in practice. We get the exact look we wanted. We get the exact guy wide open in the end zone that we wanted. And he just couldn't make the play. He dropped the ball. And I think, it, it, you know, when, when you make those kind of mistakes against a team like this, it, that, that's very, very hard to overcome uh, in games like this. And we just made a few too many of those mistakes. Um, and, you know, they, they ended up really closing out strong and making the score look look a little uglier than it, than it felt like the rest of the game. But I think we really had a chance to win if if we go up in the half, if we go up that game if we go into the half up 10 nothing if we catch that touchdown pass where we score a touchdown instead of we ended up kicking a field goal so it could have been 14 nothing uh, you know if, if those things went our way instead of going against us then yeah all of a sudden you know it might be 14 3 you know with with a few minutes left and, it, and now now we're in control of the game and they're pressing and we're not uh, but instead we let them hang around let them hang around and then they make a couple of plays to take the lead and now we're the ones pressing um and and we just couldn't get the job done but all in all it was an, an incredible season um one where you know, I'm just really proud of the family we built as receivers and just the amount of improvement we've shown. I think, you know, I, I don't know that I've coached a group of receivers that improved this much this quickly. At Wesleyan, it took us two full years before we were, you know, really playing at a high level. Um, and we weren't quite at that level here, you know, in, in my opinion. But but just the amount of improvement, the amount of growth we needed to just to be competitive, just to be a, a, a receiving core that, that deserved to be respected. Um, we had to improve so much, and we did throughout the season, uh, you know. Preparing for this game, I was watching our Bergen Catholic game from week four of the season, uh, com- and compared to what we looked like going into this playoff game, we're a completely different unit. You know, we blocked our asses off in this game. We blocked our asses off on the perimeter all year. We, you know, the last three, four games of the season, we really became a force out there in the run game where we sprung a ton of big runs for our running backs just because of the effort and the want to that, that we gave as receivers and the selflessness that we showed. And that to me is, is the most important thing by far. You know, I could care less how many touchdowns we score, how many catches we have, how many yards we put up. Like that's all secondary to me. To how you block as a receiver because blocking can make all the difference in all these you know an eight yard run all of a sudden turns into a 60 yard touchdown run etc but it also just shows your commitment to the team it shows how bought in you are to a culture of putting the team first and doing whatever it takes to win when you got a bunch of receivers that are savages on the edge blocking their asses off on the edge you know you know you've built something pretty special and that's kind of the way i've always defined my success as a coach is how hard can i get these receivers to block and admittedly when i watched you know the first time we played bergen in week four we weren't blocking that hard we, we weren't selling out uh, the way we we were that if you watch you know the the playoff game against El Barton, uh, the last two games against DePaul Catholic and, and Paramus Catholic, and this game against Bergen, we blocked our asses off at receiver, and, I, and I'm just really proud of the, the growth that we showed, um, and, and just really proud of of you know how how close we we became as a unit and and the progress we made, um, you know, and just just on a on a personal note, this is this is different, right? Like I, I've never as a coach, I've never lost the last game of the season 
uh, in a situation where your season could continue. Because in college football, 99% of the time, you know when the last game is. You know, at Wesleyan, you play a nine-game schedule, and that's it. So you knew win or lose that last game, your season was over. And even at Rutgers, like the first year we played in a bowl game, you know, you knew, like, you, you were you were happy to get to a bowl game, but you knew after you won six games, you were going to be playing in a bowl game at some point. So you knew the season would continue beyond, you know, the regular season. And then, you know, win or lose, you you know that, that the season's over at that point. Um, and so it was, it was a, just a, an extra level of disappointment uh, losing a game as a coach when when you wanted the season to continue and you wanted the, the you wanted to go back to practice on Monday and, and unfortunately now you can't um, you know not as much closure as there is when you're preparing for that final game but you know win or lose it's the final game this this hurts a little bit more just because you know we all wish we were still playing for one more week um, you know and the, the other thing that's kind of crazy for me is uh, you know I. I've never had such a stark contrast of where, you know, the last eight months, seven months, we've been going every single day just about, you know, balls to the walls, full on football mode. Uh, and now all of a sudden it's over and you, and you got nothing. They're, they go, You go from every day working on football, coaching football to now nothing at all. Uh, that's different than college as well, because in college, you know, you, you go the season ends, but you're right into full time recruiting mode through signing day. Um, you know, Wesleyan at Rutgers at Albany, you know, every place was the same for me where the season ends, you know, whether it's a good season, bad season, you're right into full time recruiting mode. You know, that's a 24 seven job until you finish your recruiting class and then you take a break. Uh, but, you know, you kind of ease into it. Whereas this, this, this is different now where, where all of a sudden today I have the entire day free. I got all day tomorrow. Um, and, and for me, it's something I'm looking forward to, something I can take advantage of, because now I can spend 15, 16, 17 hours a day working on sideline hustle and networking and, and, and growing the business and, and creating, you know, the future plans. Whereas before I was only spending seven, eight hours a day on that because I had football. But it's just, you know, it's a different rhythm to adjust to. I, I, I pride myself on taking advantage of every hour of the day and doing getting as much done as possible each day. Um, and, you know, I had a different routine now when my work day would end at two o'clock and I have to go to practice. Uh, whereas now I got the whole day free and, and I got to figure out what, what am I going to do with all those hours? Uh, what are the things I need to accomplish? How much time uh, needs to be dedicated to each aspect of the business for it to grow uh, the way I want it to? Um, but, you know, it was a great time. This is this the, the Coach Talk podcast was a blast for me. And, and I hope everyone listening enjoyed it. We're going to do one more episode tomorrow where I'm going to get some of the Bosco receivers on just to kind of talk about the season and tell some stories. Um, and then that'll be it for, for a while, at, at least with the daily Coach Talks. I, I'm not going to do it every day. Uh, I'll get on here probably once a week and update you guys on the business on, you know, what I'm doing as far as training kids. Um, and things like that. But, you know, the daily podcast will be it. And then we'll probably get back to, you know, some more weekly podcasts that, that expand on some topics and, and dive a little bit deeper. Um, you know, but that's all I got. Let me know what you guys want to hear in these offseason podcasts and, and we'll get right to it as well. Uh, but that's all I got for episode 49 of Coach Talk. This is Coach Liebs, and I'll see you guys tomorrow. Peace. Brother, let me get this thing straight. Can't just be another random rapper with a mixtape. I just went and put another beat inside a pine box. I just went and took another trip way out to Biscay. I love Miami because they always treat me so well. They used to see me nowhere. I used to pull them by saying I run for the team. Now they running their hands through my head. Yeah, they used to never want to see my town. I, I, I got them coming to the east side now. In the city where I reside now. When they move a little weight, let the D line now. Running track or running back. Gotta keep it moving, never running back. Never. We running the game and they running laps. That's another story for another track. See, from the sidelines, we gotta hustle, cause we gotta eat. From the sidelines, we got some goals that we still gotta reach. Yeah. Reach.
Yeah. Stop. Stop.